Gracious, good God, thank you for the blessings that each day holds. Forgive us for getting caught up in our own hurts and concerns and wayward thinking. Thank you for Sundays that draw us back to you. But Lord, help it not just to be Sunday that we focus on you, but many of the days of the week. Through the rain, through the flower, through the bird chirping, through the laugh of a child, through even the tear of a loved one, to remind us of your enduring presence that is with us. Lord, thank you for Emmanuel and for the church and for the community and the opportunities that we have and the blessings that we have and the future that we have in you. So Lord, as we come to hear your living word, may you set me aside that you can be heard clearly. Open our ears, Lord. Open our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, today's a monumental day in the life of Emmanuel. It's slab signing day. I want to put that on the calendar. I hope you know what I'm talking about. An opportunity that we have today after the service to go and sign the solid foundation of inspirational messages, names, prayers, scriptures that might come to our mind or our heart. And I hope you will stay for that. Today's scripture is also about a solid foundation. A man, a wise man who built his house on a solid foundation and a foolish man who built his house upon what? The sand. One takes a lot more time, a lot more effort, a lot more resources. Jesus' illustration today is not about how to build a house, but how we should build our life and the eschatological implications that that decision has for us. In other words, upon what we build our life determines our ultimate destiny. Today's scripture, it's one of three right in a row scripture passages that begin to detail and talk about the end times and the warnings of those end times and how our choices determine where our lives are headed. I'll recap these for you. In chapter 7 and verse 13, we begin with two things. We see that there's two gates. A wide gate that leads to destruction and a narrow gate that leads to life. In verse 15, there's two things. Two trees. A trees that produce bad fruits, the false prophets, and those that produce good fruits. And then today, two houses. One built upon rock and one built upon sand. The structure outside the sanctuary that is being built is not about a new building, but about the missional opportunity it presents. Who and what we are building it for. Let's see how this works itself out. Let's see what we can learn about that from today's scripture. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. I hope you'll join me in your Bibles that you've brought to your devices in which you can access the Bible, that we turn to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. 
Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was its fall. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's scripture text comes from the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has spent several chapters teaching us what Wesley calls the sum of all true religion. In other words, what does the kingdom of God look like in the future? And what will the church today strive for? The Sermon on the Mount outlines in many ways how we as disciples of Jesus Christ are called to live our lives. In June, we're going to begin a series on the Sermon on the Mount. It'll last the summer, focusing on chapter 5. But today I want to focus on the end of the sermon at the end of chapter 7 as we begin to recognize the foundation that is being built next to us and what it represents. Leonardo da Vinci, I hope you know who Leonardo is, said, I have been impressed with the urgency of doing. Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Being willing is not enough. We must do. Today's scripture is about hearing the Word of God and doing something about it. It's about hearing the Word of God and putting that Word into action. There are many flat areas in the Palestine region. You know this story. You probably know the details about it. In the summer, which is the dry season, many of these flat areas are sandy, but man, they look good. They look pleasant. They look like a great place to build a house. But in the winter, in the wet season, what might look like a great place ends up being a dried riverbed. And the house is overcome with the floodwaters that happen. You would think that someone building a house would have this knowledge, right? I mean, before you build a house, you check out the area, you check out what's it like, would this be suitable place to build a house? But what do you do with that knowledge? What do you do with that which you know when building the house? Do you ignore it? Do you hope it's not true? Do you cut corners? Do you take a chance? If so, we know what the result will be. Maybe not this year. Maybe not next year, but probably the next year, if not. Jesus is asking the listener what they are going to do with all of these teachings that they have heard during the Sermon on the Mount. I think it begs the question for us this morning. What do you do with all that you hear on Sunday morning at worship? A Sunday school class if you attend, a Bible study, a prayer breakfast, Sunday, another Sunday school class in a different place in which you have learned, youth group, children's church. What do you do with all that you hear from these times together? How will we respond to all that we 
have heard. You remember what Jesus' profession was? He was a carpenter, a craftsman. When he spoke about a solid foundation, I think Jesus knew what he was talking about. It's much easier to build that house upon the sand, but one must take time and effort to go below the sand and secure the house in the more solid foundation of rock. A house built upon the rock can withstand the storm. A life built upon the rock can withstand the storms. Cheap grace, it might get us through the day. But I think it might cost much more than we're willing to pay in the very end. The storms will come. Doing what it takes now while we can will only prepare us safely to navigate through the trials ahead. I think this is Jesus' urgent message for us to put into action the things that we know the things we wish and yearn for, but it takes effort, it takes time, it takes resources to make it happen. What do, must we do to sacrifice, to surrender, to trust, to obey? Now, sacrifice, okay, maybe we can do it. Surrender, that's hard, but yes. Trust, we try. I think obey, we struggle with. Obedience is hard. If my child would only, if my spouse would only, if my parents would only, if my student would only. We can use obedience for manipulation to get our own way. But I'm talking about a different obedience. An obedience to Christ. An obedience to God's Word. We can trust in what Christ is telling us as the truth. His foundation is, His truth is the foundation. And no matter what the storms of life may bring us or humanistic ideologies may tempt us by, with Jesus as our foundation, we can survive. That is, if we put His words we have heard into action. Knowledge, understanding, truth is not beneficial unless we do something with it. Barclay said this, knowledge must become action, theory must become practice, and theology must become life. I like that, I'm going to repeat it. Do knowledge must become action, theory must become practice, and theology must become life. If we hear the truth but only half-heartedly follow it, we might as well build our house upon the sand. Perhaps you've heard the story of the elderly carpenter that was ready to retire. He had worked his whole life for a single contractor. He had been faithful and diligent and done his job well. He told his employer of his plans to leave the house-building business. It was time to relax. It was time to spend time with family. It's time for him to do some things that he had always wanted to do. Sure, he missed the paycheck, but the time for retirement had come, and they would get by. 
This contractor was sorry to see one of his best workers go. And he asked him just one personal favor. Would you build one more house for me and then that will be it. And the carpenter said yes. But this time it was easy to see that his heart was not in his work. He really began to not care about the workmanship and do a shoddy job. He used inferior materials. There was even some questions about the money that was being saved. When the job was finished and the house was done and the final inspection came and the contractor came to look at the house, he thanked the contractor and then he gave him the keys to the house and said, this is yours. I give it to you for all that you have done for me. Well, you can imagine how that carpenter felt. He was in shock. If he had only known he was building his house, he would have done it differently, right? He would have used better materials. He wouldn't have shortcutted the workmanship. Now he had to live in the house that he had built, not too well. I probably don't even have to explain this illustration. So it is with us. We live our lives in distracted ways. We react rather than act. We're willing to put up with less than the best. We go through the motions. We're tired of trying. We think it just doesn't matter or it's really not worth it. Sound familiar? If we have knowledge of the truth, but we ignore it for so long, then why are we shocked when we look at the situation we have, we have created and find that we are now having to live in the house that we built? If we had realized that, we'd have done it a little differently. Part of the role of a pastor is being with people at the end of their life or being with a family member at the end of their family member's life. Unfortunately, I've met many people who felt this very regret. Our families who are having to come with grips with this way of living from their loved one and are having to live in the house that was built for them. But hear this word. Hear this message. If there's anything this morning you hear, and I hope you hear lots of it, but you hear this, but it's not too late to move. It's not too late to move. It's not too late to build or redo our house upon a rock. But to do it takes action. A choice and a willingness to do something with what we have heard. And here's another hope. We can do it because the great carpenter has already poured the foundation and he's waiting and willing to help. There's a popular wall hanging that reads, Life is a do-it-yourself project. There's another popular wall hanging, Joshua 24, 15. Anybody have it in their house? As for me and my house, what will we do? We'll serve the Lord. A house that serves the Lord must be built on a solid foundation on which we did not lay. Today's scripture 
about a wise builder. And a foolish builder is not about one's intellect, but one's insight. Insight into God's word and insight into God's will. And the resulting action that makes God's kingdom a reality. What is being built here on Kirby Road, it's where the church is, just make sure you know it's on Kirby Road. It's not about now, but the future. May our actions today and tomorrow reflect it. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit.